Good morning, everyone. This is Ruth Mitchell, editor of The Wholesaler Magazine, coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. I'm really excited to be kicking off our Off the Cuff series here uh, as we head into The Wholesaler Magazine's 75th anniversary, which is coming up. To help us celebrate that, um, I've reached out to an individual in the industry that I've known for a long time who represents a family-owned company. Today, we're joined by Scott Robertson of Robertson Heating Supply Company. The company is an industry leader in HVAC and plumbing wholesale distribution with 36 branches serving Ohio, Western Pennsylvania, Michigan, Northern Kentucky, and West Virginia. The company has five kitchen and bath retail showrooms. Robertson Heating Supply is family owned and operated and is celebrating its 86th anniversary this year. And it lives by its motto of experience with vision, setting and maintaining a high standard. You know, Scott, as uh, president of Robertson Heating Supply Company, thank you for making time on your calendar for me today. There's so much to talk about. I just want to jump in. Welcome to Off the Cuff, Scott. Oh, good. Good, good to be on the, uh, the, the program and, the, and to be part of the Wholesaler's 75th anniversary. That's, that's awesome. Well, thank you. We, we do it by, uh, by honoring and supporting uh, companies such as yours. And, you know, I just want to jump into it. I know that your company is celebrating its 86th anniversary this year. You know, can we kind of take a step back here? Because I do think it goes down to the fundamentals. What is your company's core mission and values? And, you know, over these 86 years, have they evolved and changed? Yeah. So, yeah. So I think what your company's known for and, and sort of the, the fabric of your company, it gets set probably early on and doesn't change too much. So for us, um, I think an integrity is really our, our core value. You know, we want to be a company that our customers, our employees trust, and, and they know they know how we think. They know what, what we're saying is the truth. People value that tremendously, at least, to, you know, obviously, especially in our Midwest territory, I think. Um, so then we couple that, I think, with open communications. Mm-hmm. That's probably our strength. Uh, even though we're a large organization with number of outlets, like you referred to, 36 branches, it does make communications tough. But we, I think, take pretty good effort to do it. Um, and then we have a family atmosphere. We're, we're family owned, which mm-hmm. a lot of people love. That still about you know our, our part of the industry that we're family owned. And then within the company, uh, we also treat it as family and. I think our employees are close to each other. And and we even, in the interviewing process, Ruth, we try to sense in the interview, will the employee fit in and Mm -hmm. and be part of the family and not cause ripples and and stuff? Uh, Because we spend a fair amount of time together and we want a a good work climate and not, you know, a, a climate where people don't like certain coworkers and all that kind of stuff. Because that that can get that can get pretty uncomfortable quickly. How has the mission or values of the company aided in your success? I mean, you're talking about integrity in business here and open line communication. I'm, I know that those are the pillar, but I did see on your website experience with vision. Can you explain that to us? Yeah. 
So I think, you know, companies um, can be blessed with with long tenure mm-hmm. of management and employees, and, and we have that. We've got about 95 of our 303 employees that are in what we call our 20-year club. So they've been with the company 20 years or more. Wow. And that's, that's, that's great. That's absolutely great when, when your people, you know, work for you for a long time, stick around. It, it can work against you if you have a group of employees and, and management that, that get in a rut and aren't willing to change because they've been here a long time and they don't want to change. So getting that balance between long tenure but yet still being able to modify and tweak and make changes and, and challenge yourself to change with, with changing times that balance is is really the key. Selfishly, I think we've been able to do that with our team here that, yep, we've got experience, we know this industry, we know what we're doing, but um, we're also willing to make tweaks and changes so that we're better next year than we were two years ago. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you... Um as president of the company and also as a family member here, you've grown up in this industry. So can you tell me as you, from your, your personal knowledge base and also from the stories that you heard that when you were growing up, what have been your company's largest roadblocks over the years and how were they tackled and overcome? Yeah. So, you know, I think like probably many companies that are, you know, in, in the, you know, 50, 75, 85 years old, that one of the challenges is simply being able to be sure that you have the next management team on the bench because as you get, you know, like in our case, 86 years old, it's really good news, bad news. Mm -hmm. Lots of good news. But the bad news is you've always got key people retiring, okay? And and those people are are 30 and 35-year veterans that were running a department for you, running a branch for you, maybe maybe, uh, doing a sales territory for you. So I think one of the always uh, roadblocks or challenges is, is to make sure that you've got a bench of people that are willing and ready to step up to take the place of somebody that worked for your company 35 years and, you know, at the end of this year, told you they're going to retire. Right. And, uh, and that, you know, our industry is a little bit, you know, tight on, on margin, you know, net profit margin. So you, you know, you can't just have a bunch of extra people sitting on your bench because our industry doesn't maybe allow for that financially. So you got to have the people on that bench got got to definitely be strategic and flexible where they're going to go. Okay, and and getting people to relocate in your company is a challenge because today, you know, both both uh, family members are working, so it's harder to get someone to come and agree. Hey, I'll you know understudy your corporate place, but but I'll be willing to go two hours away or three hours away when you need me. Mm-hmm. Along these lines, Scott, you know, what are some of the tough decisions that have had to be made at the company over the years? I mean, 85 years, there's there's a lot that's happening in, in this country and in the world and in business. You know, what are some of the tough decisions that your company had to make in order to get it to its 86th year? Yeah. So, so really the toughest 
Uh, fortunately, I think we don't we don't have that many tough, tough, tough decisions. There's just a lot of of whatever a word below tough is that we make every day. But as far as the the toughest decisions that that we have to make, um, and it doesn't come that often, is when you really have to you know lay employees off or or or, or terminate employees due to uh, a slowdown in the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't happen often. You know, it happened in the 2009 time period, really, with with our industry and with the economy in general, wasn't just our industry. You know, we pride ourselves, you know, pre-2009, we had gone, I don't know, 30 or 40 years without a layoff. We we pride ourselves on that. At times, we would actually beat our chest a little bit about that as as one of our hallmarks uh, that we were known for. So when you have to do that in a 2009, uh, or you have to do that to a lesser degree, uh, earlier this spring during the COVID time period, those are difficult decisions because getting back to that family thing and our count of 303 employees, we know Ben Smith. We know Sally Jones. We know them. Right. Okay? We're not so big that we don't really know them. We know them. And so when you're asking that person to take time off, uh, whether that's temporary or certainly if it's permanent, those are those are tough, tough, tough decisions. Um, this year, more currently, I think for all of, of us owners and managers, just dealing with COVID and, and the changes and, and the modeling and, and trying to find the balance between keeping your business running and, and servicing your customers and yet providing safety conditions for your employees, getting that right balance during April, May, and June what uh, was really, really tough, and there were multiple meetings and steps and changes and new practices that were implemented really just due to COVID protection because we still stayed open right. and we still are open and we never closed for a day. But yet, you know, especially during, I'd say, mid-March to, to the end of, mid, let's say mid-March to mid-May, we were making changes to our environments and how we do things literally every week, either because we were forced to, you know, by our, by our governors, uh, or because we needed to, to, to really step up, you know, employee safety while we were open. You hit on a, a good question that I wanted to ask you. And, you know, that's the changes that have been made. We've talked about the changes that have been made this year due to COVID and how your company survives through that. But taking it one step back, in the last five years, what do you think has been the smallest change that the company has made that has had the biggest impact or a high positive result? Yeah. So I think it goes back to, to something I was saying about the bench and, and really what we've done, especially in the last five years and going back really literally to about four and five years ago, uh, what I think we did is we made a conscious movement to bring in some new younger college you know graduate type you know people into our company so that they could begin to learn this industry and really gain the experience and then become uh, our future managers mm-hmm. some cases some cases in about 5 to 7 years from today likely going to be future executives of this company so uh, we're we're at the point at the top of the company where we have many of us that are, you know, let's say within 
Certainly, certainly. Within 10 years of retirement, in some cases, maybe even five to seven years would be closer. So, you know, for those positions, you want people that, that have got, you know, years in this industry and, and really know this industry and know the people and have relationships with the people and have attended, you know, our conventions, whether the ASA or Hardy on the HVAC side, mm-hmm. and and really just completely understand the industry. Well, that doesn't happen in just two or three or four years. Okay. Right. So what we were able to do, and I think part of it is I was I have a son that, that today is 27. So really, I was able to get some of his friends that that I knew that knew us and, and grew up with our family and, and grew up in this, this small city that we're in to, to come into the company. And uh, those those hires are, are, they're already making a difference. And what's awesome is we were able to, to hire maybe about five or six of them, mm-hmm. put them mostly in the same area mm-hmm. and, and many of them in the same building so that they can, you know, feed off each other, get along, do things together which is key because they're just a different group of people, as many people, you know, have written about. So for them to have their own peers with, you know, within that group, I think allows them to to, to stay here longer and, and figure things out and know that hey, there's three or four of us here that are 24 years old, you know, working for this company and figuring things out. And and you know, that, that's the future of Robertsons in many cases are, are those younger people, especially in about 10 years. They're, they're going to be uh, in key management positions. Well, I love hearing that because, you know, what you just talked about kind of encapsulates what your family business is, is about. I mean, it's a family and it's a community of employees working together for betterment and, and to serve the industry that folks come to love. And that's showcased by, you know, I know we talked about this in the beginning. I I had written down a, a different number of branches and you said, no, Ruthie, you know, we've we've grown over, you know, the past year or so. And, and that's wonderful to hear that growth is still continuing. And part of that growth, um, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Wholesaler Magazine. I mean, we've been in, in the industry now for 75 years coming up in October. It'll be our 75th. And, you know, we say that we have been reporting and serving the industry and as an active participant in doing so. That being said, how has the Wholesaler Magazine helped your company be successful? Yeah, so I think it's, it's a combined. Uh, first of all, there, it's uh, refreshing to see your magazine show up either online or in the mail or both and, and see, you know, the front cover, see some, an industry friend. Uh, somebody that maybe is in your buying group or somebody you've gotten to know over the years by attending the convention, you know, somebody that makes the front cover of the Wholesetter magazine. So that's sort of neat just to keep up with industry friends that, that you don't really see. They're not in your territory. You may only see them a couple times a year at a meeting. Um, that's fun to, to sort of, you know, keep track of uh, other people in your industry that are doing the same thing you're doing. Um, the second thing is it just stimulates ideas and thoughts. When, when you read the articles, they're talking uh, maybe about their company and, and what makes them successful. Um, there's some new product uh, news in there. So really, it's it's meant to try to like give us because we're not, sometimes we're, you know, pretty, you know, engraved in the business and we don't see everything. So we get to read, you know, a few pages out of that magazine and, and somebody's got like a little morsel in there on page 36 that says, you know, that it, 
what they're doing, and they're sharing it openly with, with you as the editor and then obviously with your readers, and then we get that morsel, and it gives us something to talk about and say, hey, you know, maybe that's something we ought to consider. So socially and, and you know, industry-wide, it's awesome. And then, you know, I, I'll put quotation marks, free ideas and, and thoughts are, are also awesome. And it's why we, many people, we probably have 15 or 20 here that get the magazine. And, um, you know, that's hopefully what we're looking for. Um, and then once a year, I think it was a couple months ago, I believe, we, we, we always look forward to the rankings, mm-hmm. um, the whole set of rankings. And, and you know, it just it's like a competition. You know, it's like where does your company rank in total sales, you know, plumbing sales, HVAC sales, and then how's that ranking changed over the last year or two? And, uh, you know, it's competition. So you want to be sure your company is improving relative to all the other companies. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing in our anniversary here and for those kind words. And that's definitely what we're striving to do. At the end of the day, it's about connectability too and to bring everyone together. Yeah, I'm, I, have two, I have two more thoughts here that I want to run by you. And I love this question. It's usually a dinner party question. But, you know, what word, what one word do you want your customers and employees to have in mind when they talk about or describe your company? And it could be more than one, but, you know, something yeah. short. So with, with most of those groups, certainly employees for sure, you know, vendor partners and, and then customers, it might be a couple different words. That, trust would be one word. We, mm-hmm. want, we want all of our key people when they step back and they look at our company and look at it in this big way, we want to make sure that they feel like that they could trust us. What we said is what we did. And if we said something, you don't question it. You don't need to question it. That's that's the truth. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're in a small town. Today, there's 23,000 people that live in the town that we're based in. So I think, you know, it means a lot, you know, in, in a town of this size to make sure that you're good for your word. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, on, on the customer side, trust also turns into reliability. You know, they got to rely, they, gotta, they have to be able to rely on you. So rely on what you say that you're going to do and then just have confidence that you're going to be able to supply them with what they need. Okay. Because it's a, not, you know, hardly anybody plans in the field. Many things are, are bought you know, the day that it's needed. And so the customers need to have a a feeling that they can rely on you for your inventory, your deliveries, your, 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 if you say you're going to do this, you're going to do that. You're going to get back to them timely. And at the end of the day, if you're that company, you will get all the business that's, that's close to a tie, Mm -hmm. jump ball, we call them. We want to get the majority of the jump balls in this, in our territory. Okay. And and you do that, I think, with those two words, trust and reliability. And with trust and reliability, here's my here's my last question for you. With trust and reliability, what award do you want to see up on your company's wall? Hmm. Um probably the you know, probably the effort award. You know, I uh, I I wanna make sure this is sort of like how I look at at my life and you know, it's it's all about Given a hundred percent, you know, and I want to make sure that 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 we did it, I did it, our people did it. You know, you can't 
it can't be said that that we didn't try. Right. Okay. And uh, you know, mistakes are going to be made, disappointments, what have you. But but at the end of the day, I want to make sure our team gave a hundred percent. And uh, you know, we have a theme here: we're, we're, we work hard, we play hard. Uh, so we 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 almost play at a hundred percent as well. So it can be exhausting, Ruth. It can be exhausting <laughs> when you're working hard and playing hard. Oh yeah. But that, that's that's life. Uh, everything that we try to do. Uh, we want to make sure we gave it the hundred percent effort, and uh, you know, at the end end of my career, and you know, if there's going to be something hanging on the wall, I, I want that to be part of it. That you know, that 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 person there, that company there, they, they gave a hundred percent, and that's uh, that's pretty meaningful to me. Well thank you for giving 100% and even more so to this industry, as well as to your company, employees and customers, and also to me over the years here and to the Wholesaler Magazine. We thank you so very much for allowing us to celebrate and be a part of your lives and your stories. And thank you for taking time to share those with us today. Scott, thank you so much. And um, we look forward to seeing you down the line here when we're all able to get back together. All righty. Well, happy anniversary, Wholesaler Magazine. Happy 75th. Thank you, Scott. Take care. Take care, Ruth. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.